0: While some have a strong desire to be another sex and even take steps to change, Pastor Ed Taylor reminds us that God determines our true identity and we should embrace it.
1: The reality of creation is that God created male and female. That's an important distinction. I know there's gender confusion today. I know there's gender fluidity. I I know there's all sorts of, of thoughts and offers and now different pronouns and the world's all into it. But you've got to remember something. You are not of the world. And here he is. We know what God's intention. He made us male or female. That's his creation. And it's a good place to be within the realm of where you were created. Or what do they say today? It's good to be in your lane. Right? Stay in your lane. It's a safe place to be.
0: This is amazing Where did we come from? And why are we here? Those are important questions. And the book of Genesis provides answers. Today on Abounding Grace, we return to the creation account in Genesis chapter 1. We'll be zeroing in on days 5 and 6, where God creates air and sea creatures, the animals, and us. Yes, God created it all. It's not by chance or from some big bang. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor to tell us all about it.
1: Verse 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So here we have God creating every water creature Every air creature, after its kind, God and God alone created them. And after its kind is significant, because after its kind, the creation order is so that it might carry on its species, to carry on its kind of animal life, to bring forth the same kind of animal life, the same kind of life as the parent of the animal, to propagate its own species. That's its kind. Those are definitions for after its kind. So all water and air creation have the power to reproduce. There's not a creature in the water or in the air that God did not create himself. And you think about birds. You know, I have my own stories with birds around my house and how they just kind of take ownership of our house. But birds are amazing. The aerodynamics of birds are just unbelievable creatures. And yet, man has tried to duplicate it. I mean, it is pretty fascinating that we can hop on a plane with the same uh, laws of thermo, uh, aerodynamics and stuff, and find ourselves in another country, you know, around the world in just a matter of hours. But even with all the man's inventions and copy, nothing beats the birds. I mean, that is God's, that is God's handiwork. And it's totally amazing. Unbelievable. I saw a picture recently. I forget what bird it was, but they pulled back the feathers to show where the bird's ears were. I didn't even know that bird had an ear. Like, that was just, it was bizarre. Like, man, it's just, like, this is unbelievable stuff. And it's like, Ed, you need to spend more time paying attention to this kind of stuff. That was pretty amazing. I was thinking of Psalm 8. I wrote it down in verse 8. Psalm 8, it says, The birds of the air, the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. I mean, it's just such a neat, wonderful, amazing thing of what God has created. And I know, again, uh, I want to encourage you. Just in a, in my own life lately, uh, I've spent I've been spending more time when you know in the in the springtime, uh, when everything comes back to life and all the birds come back and putting little feeders out to attract them to come in and see. My neighbors got these big trees, but one thing I've been really fascinated with is that Marie plant, planted these. Um, beautiful, colorful, whatever they are. I don't know the name of them, but they attract bees. And so I'll just do my devos outside and I'll just watch the bees. It's fascinating. And then I'll watch the birds all up in the trees, like looking at me going, what are you doing in my yard? And I'm like, I'm in my yard, bro. Like, this is my house. I don't know about you, but this is my house. And they're all just ready to attack. But the bees down there, they don't care about anything. You know what? Bees are encouraging to me. And, and I, again, I don't know much about them. I haven't read. I haven't studied much about them. I don't have time. But from my observation, this is one thing I see about the bees that I want in my life. They just do what they got to do all the time. I don't see them taking breaks. I don't see them, you know, on a union strike or like this is not good enough. They don't knock on the window saying, hey, you know what? These flowers aren't good enough, woman. Plant us these kinds. Like they just do what they got to do. And they're just boom, 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 boom. They're hitting every single whatever. I don't even know what they're hitting in there. But boom, 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 boom. And it's amazing. I want that in my life. God put that into them. And he's put, as we'll see in a moment, much greater in you. You are much greater than the animal's. And all the sea creatures and the birds and the bees, you're much greater. Notice in verse 22, it says, and God blessed them, the creatures, the sea creatures, the birds. He blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And so the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And they were told by God to reproduce. They were given that instruction and that command, and they obeyed. We find at least four major reasons why God created these air and sea creatures. Number one, to populate and give life to his creation, both the waters and the skies of the earth. Secondly, to help carry on the reproduction of the food chain, God knowing in advance how he's going to take care of his people. He's not even to his crown creation yet. Thirdly, to give variety and beauty to the Earth's water and sky, and to show forth his glorious handiwork. it's a beautiful thing, and I believe animals and creatures in the sea were given fourthly to provide companionship for men for, for his creation. that's to come. Uh, to enjoy the animals and to enjoy them. So notice with me in verse 24 it says, "Then God said, now we're going to move on to day six. God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and the creeping thing, the beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So day six, the cattle, the beast's. Are created Lions were to mate with lions. Wolves to mate with wolves. Uh, a lion was create, out of a lion was created a lion. You get it. It's, don't allow the world to feed you a, a bucket of lies. The Bible couldn't be easier to understand. Lions create lions. Don't, don't let them try to explain in 10 hours or 10 courses in the university level. Try, try to disprove what the Bible already says and what you know in common sense to be true. Let's just jump to verse 26. It says, then God said, the crowning creation, you ready? God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. male and female. He created them. And then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish, over the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, before we get into this, I want you to notice the language. I'm sure you already have, but you'll see in verse 26, it says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, we touched on this earlier, but many come here will question, what is this? Um, What is this? And what it is, is referred to today as the inner Trinitarian conversation. God revealing himself in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so as he creates, we are created in his image, body, soul, and spirit. We are not like the animals. And it's unfortunate but necessary to say today, you are more important than animals. You alone were created in the image of God. You are greater than animals. Now, to say that, we don't need to artificially conclude that there's some uh, devaluation of animals. They have their value. But on the value scale, humans are more valuable than animals. And even as we look at the variety and the uh, amazement of God's creation of animals, there is great variety in men and women as well. Amazing variety among us, the infinite wisdom of God. And so here he is, God speaking within the Trinity. God, we are made in the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of his image. In Isaiah 44, you can jot it down. It says, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, he who formed you from the womb. I am Yahweh, who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. And so here you have a singular statement that is now unpacking, you know, because as you read through the scriptures, you have what's known as progressive revelation. And what that means is the more you read the Bible, the more revelation you receive. And that's why you start to piece together as you read through the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not the fullness of the revelation of God. You need to continue reading on to the end of revelation. And that's the fullness of what God intended for us to learn about him. So the more you read, the more progressive your understanding comes. And the simple word, I'm not using that word in a political uh, term whatsoever. I'm I'm using it in its real um, term. You make progress. Your knowledge of God progresses. So we refer to that as progressive revelation. Also, the Bible covers time. So over time, God revealed more of himself. Just like creation. We're learning more on the sixth day than we knew on the first day. How? Because we have progressive revelation. We went from day one, and now that we're at day six, we learn more. And so as you're learning here, the progressive revelation, we have the hint now of the Trinity. We don't have the fullness of the doctrine of the Trinity yet, but we have the hint. Already in chapter one, God has revealed there is a uniqueness about him. And it makes you wonder and question. And of course, as you read through, for those of you that have had trouble understanding the Trinity, you are not alone. Everyone in this room has a similar trouble. And we have att- I have attempted as a Bible teacher to teach on that subject, and I've chosen to teach it this way. And these studies are up on the app or on the web. under the, you, know, you just put Trinity in the search bar and you'll find them. But I, I chose to teach it in a way that I think would be understandable, or at least more understandable in four studies. Study number one is, who is God the Father? What does the Bible have to say about God the Father? Study number two, who is God the Son? What does the Bible have to say about God the Son? Thirdly, uh, we ask the question, "Who is God, the Holy Spirit?" And what does the Bible have to say about the Holy Spirit? And then, once with you see those, when you see those the, those studies as that is laid out, who the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is, you see that they share the same attributes all throughout the Bible. They're omniscient, omnipresent. You see them share the same attributes, and so as you begin to see the equality in the Godhead, then that final study number four, I attempt to pack it all together with the overarching understanding of what the doctrine of the Trinity is so that when you have that final study, and maybe you want to listen to that study first and then pack it in. However you learn, it's fine with me. But by the time you get to that study, you can go, okay, I've already learned about the Father, so now, Ah, and it helps to understand a little bit better. But I do believe we'll never have full understanding of the character and nature of God until we meet him face to face. Because there's a part of mystery that keeps us trusting him by faith. If you knew God as he knows you, then you'd be God. And you're not God. And you never will be God. It's when you and I are transformed and in the presence of Jesus, the Bible says, we will know even as we are known. And we'll have a fullness of understanding in his presence. But for now... These questions, there's that mystery of God, that that glory and awesomeness of God that you're not going to lose because if you lose the glory and awesomeness of God, and you know how it is today, there's a little picture of that with people today when they go, oh, you know, that's the man upstairs. Like who, is there an apartment upstairs? Like who are you talking about? You know, like, it's just like the guy that lives upstairs. No, this is almighty God, your creator. Oh, you know, he's just the man upstairs. No, bro, you're far from understanding. And when you, you think of God as the man upstairs, then you minimize his authority and glory and righteousness and everything about him. And you bring him down. That, that statement, the man upstairs, what is you've done? You've recreated God in your image. Except he has one apartment above you. You know, he's right. Like, he's one apartment above you. He's got the apartment that you want because he's the man upstairs. No, he's God Almighty. And here he is in the Trinity, inner Trinitarian conversation. The Hebrew word there in verse 26 for God is Elohim, E L O H I M. It's a word for God that reflects a plurality in the Hebrew in one. There are other places where God words for God are used El, which is the singular version, and Elah, which is the dual version or the dual word. And here is Elohim again even from the word speaks of a unity among plurality. It's unbelievable that God would do such things. So here he is, and verse 28, we see in 27, he's, we're created in his image, uh, and then it says, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but the reality of creation is that God created male and female. That's an important distinction. I know there's gender confusion today, I know there's gender fluidity, I, I know there's all sorts of, of, of thoughts and offers and now different pronouns, and the world's all into it. But you've got to remember something. You are not of the world. The world doesn't accept the Word of God. So for us to flip out by the way the world is reacting, I mean, it is challenging. It's going to be more difficult for our kids that live in this world, our grandkids for sure, but the reality of us standing in judgment over a world that doesn't know Jesus Christ, and they want to pick different genders, and they want to pick different things, we just, we just need to be in a loving, caring relationship toward them. Because eventually, where do we want to bring them? We want to bring them to the God who created them in His image. He can clear up the confusion for you. Even today, if you're struggling with your identity, and you're struggling with who you are, and, and maybe you're not struggling, maybe you're just so confident this is what you are and this is what you want to be, I want to remind you that God, He created you for a purpose. And he loves you in his creation. And I know all kinds of things happen to us that, that hurt us and harm us. And there's bullies and people made fun of you because maybe, maybe you, you are more feminine on the one side or more masculine on the other side. And so everybody's got their opinions and labels. And, and that hurts. And I just acknowledge that hurt in your life today. You might be listening on the radio kind of under, under the radar. And, and uh, you know, you've just been even mistreated by the church or by some Christian getting mad at you, picking at you, throwing things at you. Look, that's not the heart of God. God has compassion on you in your confusion. Well, I'm not confused. I'm confident. Well, God still has compassion on you. And here he is. We know what God's intention. He made us male or female. That's his creation. And it's a good place to be within the realm of where you were created. Or what do they say today? It's good to be in your lane, right? Stay in your lane. That's a safe place to be. It's a safe place to be. Notice he says, God blesses them in verse 28. And there's a purpose for male and female. There's a purpose your anatomy is the way it is. There's a purpose why you have reproductive organs the way you have. There is a purpose. And any surgery or anything, that cut or act, that doesn't change the purpose of God. And all the changes and all the surgeries and all, doesn't change your essence of your DNA. God made sure that even all the outward things would change. But inwardly, you're not gonna change. And you have here, notice he says, this is, he says, God blessed him and told him, you be fruitful and multiply, just like the animals. Be fruitful and multiply. Feel the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. I've given you every herb that yields seed, he says in verse 29, which is on the face of the earth. Every tree whose fruit yields seed to you shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. And we, we addressed this in our last study, but it doesn't say I give you every green herb so you can get high, and you can get drunk, and you can abuse yourself. It says, I've given these things to you, and again, apart from sin, for your benefit not to be abused, and we talked about marijuana and being under the influence in our study last time. Then verse 20, 31, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So three things, if you're taking notes, three things that God blesses man. He blesses man with three things. Number one, he blesses man and women, a man and a woman with sex. Sex is a blessing and a gift from God. He says, be fruitful and multiply. God invented sex, and he placed it in the confines of marriage. One woman, one life, one man, one woman, one lifetime, that's God's ideal. Again, I know many of you listening, because of sin and failure, we all don't live up to God's ideal in every area of our life, but that's God's ideal. So even if you haven't lived up, there's a divorce in your past, there's an issue with sexual sin, fornication, pornography, adultery, like stop, repent, go back towards God's ideal. That's what he's saying. That's God. Whenever you hear a pastor, hopefully when you hear pastors go, this is God's ideal. Look, I know we all fall short. So when we fall short, that's called sin. What do we do with sin? We acknowledge it. We repent. We forsake it. And we go back toward God's ideal. That's what's best for you. Sex is like fire. Like in the right condition, it's a beautiful thing. When it's not in its right condition, it's destructive. It's destructive. Man, unfortunately, has ruined And perverted sex, taking it to the depths of corruption and depravity like never before. From the beginning, it was not so. Secondly, sex is gift number one. Secondly, number two, supremacy. Supremacy. Notice that word dominion. It speaks of supremacy. You're to have dominion over all the earth. God gave the earth to man. The word dominion means lordship. It means authority. You have authority over all creation. So you can enjoy it all. Explore the earth, test it, check it out, care for it. There's no indication whatsoever ever from God's perspective for us to destroy the earth or to harm it or to not treat it with the type of respect that it's there for. There's included in this hunting, fishing, everything. is Enjoy the bees, enjoy the plants. God has given us all things richly to enjoy. But we're not to be careless. You know, I, I know that many years, I, I, don't, I haven't heard it recently, but I'm sure it's still around. You know, Christians are going around, well, you know, it's all going to burn anyway. And so they're just careless, you know, throwing trash all over the place, litter, being careless with the, with the earth, being careless in so many different ways. Well, you know, it's all going to burn. Like, that's not God's heart. That's heart us, not, he didn't give you everything, just destroy it. It's, it's kind of like your kid, you know, this is again, an illustration in the house. You guys move into a house and you know you're going to move in five years. Yeah, kids, just destroy it. We're leaving in five years anyway. No, that's not, you don't, you're teaching your kids how to care for things, how, how to be good stewards, how, how to acknowledge that what we have has been given to us by God. And even if, it, if, if you're renting, you know, Marie and I, we rented for many, many years. We taught our kids to respect that which we were renting. It didn't even belong to us. So we had to have a higher level of care and concern so that we could give back that apartment back to the owner in a better condition or in an acceptable condition that we weren't reckless and, you know, finding ourselves careless and reckless. God doesn't want you careless. And dominion doesn't mean careless and recklessness. It means care and concern and enjoying. And then finally, in verses 29 through 30, we see the third gift, sex, and then supremacy, and then i using all S words here, sustenance, sustenance. All the vegetation is yours. It seems in the beginning that man and animal were vegetarians in the beginning, but as we see, we move forward, we see animals were killed and eaten later on. And that was within the will of God. And what I see is an amazing harmony between man and beast and beast and beast. And yet not so today. It's wild today. Uh, I remember our trip to South Africa when we went on a safari and, and they told us, don't you get out. If you drop anything out of this uh, truck, You don't you dare get out. And even if the lions are over in the corner, uh, don't. Don't get out. Don't let them fool you um, because been, they're watching you. They're ready for you. And they'll be here faster than you even bend over to get your phone or your hat. Don't do it. And we did get to see that. It didn't, nobody, nobody got their hand bit off or anything. Like nobody was sinning so bad that God sent a lion to bite their hand off. But we did get to see a feeding time. So the, the, you know, the lions were going through this thing. We're like, I think we got ripped off on this little safari because the lions were all lame. They're laying around lazy. They're doing nothing. They're kind of dingy. And we're like, oh, man, this is not what I, this is not what I thought lions were. But then we got to see as we were leaving uh, one of the uh, trucks coming in to feed them. Hey, They were legit lions. They were legit. So, you know, in the beginning, lions were all, it looks like before the fall, you know, there was a lot of harmony and beauty. This, of course, sin has wrecked that today. You don't want to be messing around with lions. You don't, even if they look lame, don't mess around, right? Because there's animosity now and difficulty between us. There's coming a day though, when Jesus Christ will restore this harmony and peace among man and beast.
0: Don't you look forward to that day? We've been recalling the six literal days of creation here on Abounding Grace. It's just part of Pastor Ed Taylor's study in Genesis. To give this a second listen, all you need to do is visit AboundingGraceRadio.com. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generosity of our listeners. Each gift that comes in serves to help us present the teaching of God's Word on both the radio and Internet. And think of this, you'll be helping thousands all over the world learn about God's amazing grace and how to grow by it. And today, when you give a donation of $25 or more, we'd like to say thanks by sending you a useful resource. It's Spiritual Leadership by Oswald Sanders. You'll receive key principles of leadership in both the temporal and spiritual realms. Sanders points to great examples like Moses, Nehemiah, the Apostle Paul, David Livingstone, and Charles Spurgeon. And you'll learn about the cost of leadership, the responsibility of leadership, as well as the qualities and criteria of leadership. Just call 877-30-GRACE to make your request and donation today. You can also order online at calvaryco.store. Well, now that God has created everything, what does He do next? He rested. We'll hear about that tomorrow on Abounding Grace when our study of Genesis resumes with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing. Sing great.